Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So so let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Denny is on a good neighbor tour. He'll be back in two weeks. Uh, John Hines next week on the program. Steve Thompson here. Julie Wise and Horn from the U. And we always get a ton of calls and texts <laughs> on the program. Julie, good to visit with you. Hey, Steve. It's been too long. Yeah, and we we had that blazing hot Labor Day Ugh. weekend. And and now it it feels like fall. It does feel like fall, and what a relief it is. I was working outside at the Arboretum yesterday, and it was like a pleasure to be outside. Right. <laughs> yeah, I I have some chores that I've been putting off and putting off. I, I have some old oak trees in, right. in my backyard, and they dropped a ton of acorns. And, yeah. and I've got to clean those up. How important is it to get those cleaned up so it doesn't damage the turf? I know if I let them lie, I'm going to have problems. Yeah, so I think that probably the most important thing is to clean them up just to be able to walk on your lawn because they can be pretty slippery. But it's important to clean those up as best you can. Um, 
some something you might consider is, and I, I think it will work for acorns, are those ball collectors that oh, they sure. use at golf courses, and you roll them. They come and you roll them along the uh, with a handle, and they'll pick up golf balls, or they'll pick up black walnuts, or they'll pick up other seed. Yeah, I, I've definitely got to give that a go. Right now I use a blower. I have so many of them and blow them into piles and then get out the shop vac and vacuum those up and then put them in a spot in the yard where the, the, the squirrels can feed on them and, and et cetera. And the wood ducks will come through and clean those up, but it's still a little early for the wood ducks to come through. So a uh, lot of... Lot of acorns to deal with, and by the way, you can reach us on the city's one plumbing talk and text line at six five one four six one nine two two six here on the Smart Garden Show. Julie Weisenhorn joining us, and without further ado, uh, let, let's get over uh, to that text line. Uh, we have about thirty mature white birch clumps on our northeastern Minnesota lake lot. Uh, they've been literally raining seeds for about six weeks. We water the trees about twice a week. Uh, this has not happened in past years. What could be going on with the birch trees? Okay, I'm back. All Everybody right. Either... Oh, jeez. Yeah. That was a uh, long one. <laughs> um. I'll repeat what we heard on uh, the text line. We we have about 30 mature white birch clumps on our northeastern Minnesota lake lot. Uh, they've been literally raining seeds for about six weeks. They do water sure. the trees a couple times a week. What could be going on? Well, one of the uh, things that we see with trees and shrubs is that they produce an inordinate amount of seed and that can happen due to environmental issues, so drought, heat, things that stress the trees. It's called masting. And you see that you mentioned all the acorns that you have. Sure. And uh, maple trees can also produce a lot of seed, and so can birch trees too. So it could just be the plant's response to environmental stress, and likely it's the heat this year since they're watering them quite a bit. Yeah, and it has been so dry. Um, as we move into autumn, and it officially begins late, later this right. month, um, is it important even for mature trees to, to try and get some water? Yeah, absolutely. So trees that are existing, you want to be watering those sufficiently. And the, how do you tell? You can just touch the soil uh, you can reach down into the soil. You want to saturate that soil probably six to nine inches. There's an awful lot of what we call feeder roots for trees that are in the surface, uh, top surface of the soil. Those are the little tiny fine hair roots, and they pick up an awful lot of moisture for the tree. They don't seem very significant, but they are. And, uh, and so you want to be sure that that soil is saturated about six to nine inches down, and you can just feel that soil. Mulching is also a great thing to do because that mulch will help hold in moisture, and it also helps to keep the soil temperature cooler and more moderate as we move into winter. So it will allow the plants to gradually go into dormancy without a lot of effect on the, on the, um, the plant too dramatically. So, so watering is important and also then mulching too. And then I would uh, assume 
you know, slow. You, you don't want to dump a ton of water quickly. Just put the hose out there, maybe nice and and slow, and just let it soak in. Maybe, maybe water for a couple of hours in any yeah, spot. Yeah, that, that's right. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. So really watering deeply and being sure that you saturate those top six to nine inches. That's um, a great Soaker is a great idea. Um, Julie Wise and Horn joining us from the U.S. Smart Gardens program. Steve in for Denny. He will be back in two weeks. Uh, if, if you're wondering where Denny is, he's <laughs> on a good neighbor tour. Uh, <laughs> what advice do you have, Julie, uh, from our text line to keep outdoor ferns growing year-round? You cannot keep them growing year-round. Uh, they go dormant. Uh, if they're cold-hardy, like an ostrich fern, for example, very tough plant, cold-hardy, and it will go dormant during the winter. If you have ferns that are in containers, you're going to need a tough plant, cold-hardy, and it will go dormant during the winter. If you have ferns that are in containers, you're going to need to take those ferns indoors. So some of our floral ferns that you buy are not hardy here. So you need to bring them indoors Keep them watered, put them in a kind of a cool window, and just take care of them as you would houseplants. You can move them back out in the in the late spring or early summer when the temperatures are more moderate. Um, we we have a couple of plants that that we put out in the deck when mm-hmm. things warm up properly and bring those back in, in in the winter months, and and they've done fine. We we've had good luck. But we're, we're pretty careful to make sure that there isn't any stuff, insects in particular. I don't want to bring that into the house. So there is a little bit of work. So we do the transition from the deck to the garage, do a good inspection, wipe things down gently, and then bring them into the house. And that's worked well. Yeah, and that's exactly what you should do. It's a great opportunity to take a look at the plant, too, and see how it's doing and maybe transplant it. So if that plant has overgrown its pot, not holding water anymore, uh, you just seem to need to water it all the time, that's a good opportunity then to to transplant that plant into a little larger pot. And then you can start with a really clean pot and you can take a good look and clean up all the debris around the base, as you mentioned, prune off anything that's dead uh, or damaged, and then uh, get that plant indoors and look for those insects. You don't want to carry any sow bugs or any other critters those are hitchhikers. You don't want them in your plants and in your house. Yeah, for sure. Uh, by the way, this, this is a great text. I was wondering this because we, we've, we've gone from blazing hot to right. autumn cool. Uh, from our text line, is there any veggie I can still plant that I would be able to get uh, some produce uh, b- before a hard freeze? This is from Christopher and Mound. Yeah, hey, Christopher. I think I know who this is. This is my friend Chris. Uh, so there are some plants that you can, some veggies that you can plant now. So things like you're looking for plants that have what are called short maturity dates. So when you look at the back of a seed packet, it says days to maturity, 140 or 65 or 55. So that tells you how long it's going to take from the time that seed is planted to the time that you can actually harvest whatever it is that that plant grows. So radishes are a really good idea. They can tolerate some coolness. Uh, also, greens. Uh, you can grow microgreens, and you can also grow uh, just leafy greens and then harvest them while they're small. You're never going to get like a full-blown romaine lettuce. It's too late in the year, but you can still har- plant romaine lettuce and then harvest the young leaves 
for your salads or uh, for just fresh eating in general. So those are a couple of plants, but take a look at that maturity date. Then you have to count out the days to where you, uh, you know, do I have enough days in the year left? But radishes are a good one because I think they're about a 33-day maturity date. Yeah, and my youngest daughter loves radishes. Always yeah, and there's has. so many kinds. Yeah. Oh, she she is she is a radish fan for sure. Um, now, City's does one Steve, does she like the spicy radishes, like the hot ones, or does she oh, like yeah. the mild one? A- a- absolutely. Um, <laughs> she, the, the the hotter the better. Uh, wow. Almost horseradish. Uh, oh spicy. my goodness. Yeah, City's One Plumbing Talk and text line 651-461-9226. And we want to go to uh, the phone lines. Let's go to Tim in Granite Falls. Tim, you're on the air with Julie. Hello. I Hello. have a question about uh, I have a question about asparagus. We planted some in uh, 2020, so it's nicely established. We've been harvesting from it, and um, then we planted some more this year. But wondering for uh, winter, should anything been done to the established plants and the the new stand? I think for the winter, uh, you can just cover them, cover the asparagus plants, uh, maybe with some clean straw. So you can buy straw that doesn't have seed in it, and then that w- you don't want a whole bunch of like straw coming up like wheat and things. So you want to buy clean straw. And then lay that down over the plants. And then those little spears will be able to come up in the spring. And you'll be able to see them coming up. So you could, you could do that. That might also act as a nice mulch uh, for the asparagus that will help to keep the weeds down as they go into, as the uh, season warms up in the spring, too. We have a great webpage that uh, for all you vegetable growers and gardeners in general, uh, yard and Garden at extension.umn.edu. And if you have vegetable questions or want to get a little more detail on how to harvest and, and keep those vegetables, we have a section under vegetables called Vegetables A to Z. And the first one is, of course, asparagus. And so it talks about growing asparagus, planting it, choosing the, the varieties that are good in Minnesota, and then how to go ahead and, and start seeds, how to plant them, and how to keep them healthy and productive, and ultimately how to harvest. Oh, good stuff. Asparagus sounds great. Uh, Julie Weisenhorn joining us. Uh, Experts from the University of Minnesota on our Smart Garden show every Saturday morning between 8 and 9 a.m. Quick break. We'll come back. Uh, Japanese beetles, a question about that. Uh, Also, uh, coming up, uh, can I still spray for weeds? Uh, we, we have a creeping Charlie question. We'll get into all of that stuff with Julie in a moment here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. Smart Gardens, Saturdays between 8 and 9 with the experts from the U. Julie Weisenhorn is in today. Our City's One Plumbing Talk and text line, 651 461 9226. We have a lot of text to get to, but first, uh, let's go to the phone lines. Phyllis in New Richmond, you're on the air with Julie. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I was just wondering, I purchased recently because it was on sale um, two large bags of it's called Miracle Grow Moisture Control Potting Mix, which okay. makes it all synth- mostly synthetic. 
can I use this next year when I'm adding, uh, making new potting soil for my tomatoes and uh, herbs? Yeah, absolutely. Store it indoors, so store it in the garage or in a gardening shed so that it's not out in the elements. Uh, Sometimes when we store soil outside, uh, a hole develops in the bag or something, you get some insects in there or it gets too wet and can get kind of moldy. So store it indoors where it's dry, and yeah, you can absolutely use that. You're all set. That's a that's a great sale item that you got. Yeah. Well, what, what about uh, pots that have been outside? You know, mm. I've I've heard varying things about this. Do you need new soil in the pots every year? Can it be recycled? What about that, Julie? Yeah, that's a good question, Steve. So you can recycle the soil in pots, and uh, the only thing you want to be careful of is if you're planting. Uh, Let's say you're planting cherry tomatoes. You mentioned that you're growing those, Steve. So if you plant those in the container this year, chances are the roots are going to be huge and probably take up all of the soil that's in that pot. So so that would not be a case. But you also don't want to plant something in the same family year after year in that soil. So, for example, tomatoes and eggplants are in the nightshade family. I love to grow eggplants as container plants. They're just beautiful plants, so many varieties. And, and the problem with that is that they're in the same family, and you can carry disease from year to year in that soil. So you don't want to keep doing that. You're basically propagating the pathogens that cause the disease. So you want to move those plants into fresh soil uh, each year. So uh, in other words, don't plant your eggplants after your tomatoes in the same container. Now, if, you have, if you're going to grow annual flowers in that container, that's perfectly fine. And you will probably want to just amend that soil, maybe with some, of the, some new potting soil, maybe a little bit of compost, something that kind of rejuvenates that soil. Sure. Be sure it's broken up uh, before you plant those ornamentals where you had your tomatoes the year before. You know, I, I got into this habit of taking photos because I, I've Good. heard that about tomatoes in in a garden spot. And I have a right. couple, and I rotate the crops every year. After hearing your advice uh, a number of years ago here on Smart Gardens, so I take a photo so in the spring I can remember, this is where I had the tomatoes. Great. I don't want to put them there again. Yeah, that's perfect. And it's so nice with digital cameras now yeah, right. <laughs> with our phones and stuff. We can record things. And, and I, that's really important to do because it's wonderful to look back. I can't remember from year to year right. what I do or from summer to winter. So it's nice to have a pictorial history of your garden so you can remember what you did last year. Um, before we take a break for the weather, can a six or seven year old hardy hibiscus be moved? This is from our text line. It can be moved. Uh, You may want to wait and move it in the spring because right now they're still hard. They're still actually blooming, but also because this, that will give the plant the entire season to actually get re uh, reestablished in its new location. Right now, if you move it, it has a fairly short window to get those roots reestablished in the new location. So you want to, it's, might be easier to also work with it in the spring. It's a smaller plant. It hasn't, you know, you can move it while it's still dormant and, uh, and give it that entire summer to, uh, to grow and refresh. It is a Smart Gardens. Julie Wise and Horn joining us from the U. One more before the break. Want to squeeze it in. Is it okay to cut back my tiger lily stems? 
Yes, it is. And I wouldn't cut them back too far unless they've turned completely. Pay to cut back my tiger lily stems. Yes, it is. And I wouldn't cut them back too far unless they've turned completely brown. If they're still green and there's green leaves, those leaves and stems are are, uh, photosynthesizing. In other words, they're taking in elements from the environment, from the soil, and they're creating, uh, uh, say, energy or food and putting that back into the bulb for next year's bloom. So if they're still green, just cut up the seed heads that have developed since the flowers stopped blooming. But if they're completely brown, you can cut them off at that point. Quick break. We'll come back with more Smart Gardens here on a Saturday morning. Julie Wise and Horn is in. Denny Long has the day off. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. He's on a good neighbor tour getting some R&R. It is 8.30 here at News Talk, 830-WCCO. Smart Gardens, Saturday mornings between 8 and 9 a.m. with the experts from the U. And Julie Weisenhorn is joining us in the text line. Always really busy, and we've had plenty of phone calls as well. Let's bring in Judy in Bloomington. Judy, you're on the air with Julie. Thank you. Um, I have my mother's Christmas cactus, okay. and it should be repotted and probably split. I'm wondering if there's any place I can take that to have it repotted and looked at. Oh, Judy, I'm I'm not sure if there's a garden center that offers that uh, opportunity or offers that service, but I would just maybe start with your local garden center and ask them if they'll do it, if there's a favorite center that you go to. Otherwise, uh, you can start kind of, uh, you know, calling some of the other locations around your area too so i i'm not sure i know that there are places um i've heard of garden centers that offer to um have classes for potting up hanging baskets in the spring and then they'll keep the baskets for people until the weather is warm but i don't know about dividing plants and repotting plants um it's not hard to repot a christmas cactus if it's really large you'll definitely need somebody to help you with it. So, um, But we do have a good web page on extension.umn.edu about holiday cacti, we call them, because some are Thanksgiving cactus, and that's actually a different species, and some are Easter cactus, and that's another species. And it does describe and explain how to repot those plants. So um, I don't... Uh, I don't know, but uh, but if you find something, you know, call back on the phone uh, at another show. It would be interesting to know. Um, from our text line, I have a red pine with some screws in it that were used for planters. And I'd like to <laughs> remove them. What's the best time to do this, or should I just leave them in place? Well, the plant has probably grown around those screws, uh, but if you want to take them out, uh, you could take them out in the winter, or uh, and then the plant can... Go ahead and heal over uh, in the spring. Yeah, because the concern was introducing pests. Right. So any any concern about pests uh, is a winter job. So something when there aren't pests around. And, and that's that gets, a, I've never had that question before. I have to say. Yeah that 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 is you know and uh, people will attach things to trees mm-hmm. and then is it okay to remove that? Um, and that and that brings us to oaks. I, I want to bring that up once sure. again. Still, probably should leave the oaks alone and not be right. pruning those. 
Right. Yeah, exactly. Until about November. We're, okay. st- we're in a lower risk of oak wilt. The, the reason we don't prune oaks from April through July is it's high risk time. And then from July until about uh, early November is a lower risk time. But there's still an element of risk if you damage those oaks, if you make a cut in those oaks. So we really recommend, if you can, hold off until winter to do any of your oak pruning. Yeah, um, the previous caller, Judy in Bloomington, brought, in a, brought up splitting a Christmas cactus. Uh, and that led me, hostas. Is that something yeah. you can do in the fall, or should you always split hostas in the spring? Well, it kind of depends. If, if you can wait, if you're, just, if you're just dividing them, and you can tell if you need to divide a hosta if there's nothing growing in the center of the plant and mm. all of the shoots are around the outer edge. That's a sign that that older part of the plant, the middle of the plant, has died out. And so that's a great kind of visual cue for it's time to divide this hosta. You can divide them in the fall. They're really tough plants. It's one of the toughest, I think, perennials we have. But, you know, the plants are still, they still have leaves on them. Uh, You still, again, have to give that plant some, you know, you'd like to have it reestablished and have a growing season to do that. So if you can wait till spring, it's easier to handle the plant when it's just little shoots versus great big leaves. But if you're doing some kind of a project, you need to move or divide those hostas uh, right now, you still could do it. Uh, and But it's just they don't look as nice. If you divide them now, they're not as round and perfectly shaped. But if you have to do it, you still can. They're tough plants. I've left a hosta in my garage in a bucket through the whole winter and and planted it the next year and it came up just fine so they're really really tough hardy plants yeah i'm a big fan i love them uh mm-hmm. they, they, they they are wonderful i so do the deer yeah, <laughs> absolutely <laughs> uh, julie weisenhorn joining us smart gardens today here on news talk a3owcco uh from our text line can i still spray weeds i would assume they're referencing turf grass uh can you still do that yeah you still can do that in fact our uh turf guru john trappy has a really nice article on called september lawn care checklist it's in our yard and garden news so if you go visit extension.umn.edu and go to yard and garden and then click on the news link it is one of the articles there, and he gives a number of different things you can do right now. This is actually the best time to do a lot of work on your lawn. Our grasses are actively growing with the cooler weather. You can add fertilizer now, nitrogen. You can, uh, you can also control broadleaf weeds, which is, I, I think, what the person is asking about. And you can, you can dig them up. You can spray them at this point. You want to use something like a 2,4-D or a trichopyr or dicamba, which won't harm the turf plants, but will take care of those broadleaf plants like creeping charlie, dandelion, Canada thistle, wood sorrel, etc. Yeah, and uh, we have a number of texts about creeping charlie. And oh, yes. Typically, I I just I pull it out, and it, it's mm-hmm. kind of a whack-a-mole game, and it's a good way <laughs> yeah. to get exercise, really. Yeah, and right now these plants are actively growing. They're, they're photosynthesizing with their leaves. They're putting energy into developing a strong root system that's going to carry them through the winter and, and then make them emerge in the spring. So 
this is a great time to spray them because the herbicide is translocated or moved down into the root system. So it really carries down its into the rest of the plant. So it's a good time to be dealing with those broadleaf weeds. I dig my weeds. I don't have a very big lawn. And um, so I just hand dig them out at this point. But if you have a fairly extensive lawn and you want to do some treatment, this is a good time. I would recommend, um, if you can, spot treat the weeds. So if you have a thistle in your lawn, you can try digging it up, but you could also just spot treat that that area too. Um, here's one from our text line, by the way, is still time, 651-461-9226. That is the city's one plumbing talk and text line. Our Japanese lilac tree has been looking diseased. Do we need an appointment uh, and take a specimen to the U to figure out what's going on? So we do have a great, I'm glad they brought this up. This is perfect. Uh, We have some really awesome resources at the U of M on the St. Paul campus. One is our soil testing lab. And uh, our staff there recommend doing fall soil testing right now. Uh, partly because it's a big crunch in the spring and they have a lot of samples that come in before the growing season starts. Right now it's a little bit less, uh, not quite so intense there and not quite so many samples to process. So this is a great time to go ahead and do fall soil testing. But we also have a plant disease clinic and that's what the uh, writer is asking about. So you do not need an appointment Uh, What you do want to do is go on their website and read about how to send a sample in. If you have any questions, call the plant disease clinic. Their address online is to send a sample in. If you have any questions, call the plant disease clinic. Their address online is PDC, like plant disease clinic, PDC at umn.edu. And go ahead and go to that site and then uh, look up the information. You can also call them and say, here's what I think is going on. What should I send you? A branch, uh, you know, some leaves, whatever. So um, that's, a, that's a really great resource for determining if there's something wrong with your plants. You can also contact a, uh, a certified arborist to come out and take a look at your plants. And we do have a website on that, too, called How to Hire a Tree Care Professional. It's under our Trees and Shrubs uh, webpage. Quick break. More Smart Gardens with Julie Wise and Horn. And, of course, we're on the air each and every Saturday between 8 and 9 a.m. If you're wondering about Denny Long, he is on a good neighbor tour. He'll be back in a couple of weeks. It is News Talk, 830-WCCO. Smart Gardens on a Saturday morning. Julie Wise and Horn joining us from the University of Minnesota. City's One Plumbing Talk and text line 651-461-9226. It is always a very busy place. Uh, by the way, Denny Long returns in a couple of weeks. He's on a good neighbor tour getting some R&R, and we look forward to hearing Denny back once again in two weeks. From our text line, Julie, uh, I have a large zinnia garden. For fall cleanup, should I pull them out to get the roots out or just cut them back? Yeah, I would pull them out. They're not hard to pull out, and that will allow you to start with a clean slate in the spring. 
And, and that's true with vegetable gardens as well. Pull them all up. Right, right. Unless they're a perennial vegetable like asparagus, like our caller earlier. Yeah, and what, what about some of the other plants? We brought up hostas, daylilies, et cetera. What do you do with those? I've typically left them and clean them up in the spring. Yeah, that's a personal choice, Steve. Uh, people sometimes like to clean up and cut back all of the dead leaves uh, in the fall kind of tidy everything up so it's ready to rock and roll in the spring. But I'm like you. I'm kind of lazy by this time of year. <laughs> and no offense to you, but <laughs> I admit no, it. I am. I'm kind of tired of lawn care at the, or uh, garden <laughs> care at that point. But I will leave them through the winter. They actually ask, act as kind of a mulch around, if you want to think of it that way, um, around the plant and over the plant. And then I just clean them up in the spring. Yeah, that that's what I do. And and by spring, I actually look forward to that chore. Where in the fall, it's kind of like, I don't want to do this right now. <laughs> but in the spring, it's like, I'm glad to be outside. It's fun exactly. to clean up and yeah. see the hostas start up. It um, looks so nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Follow-up question on the adult established asparagus. It is three to four uh, feet tall. Should we just leave it standing as is, mulch around the stakes at ground level? What should we do? Yeah, just leave it standing as is. It actually gives you a little bit of winter interest in your asparagus bed. And then in the spring, you can just trim those. They're talking about the fronds, the big, airy, furry kind of fronds, leafy. Um, and just trim those off in the spring. And then I would, yeah, I would mulch around uh, the base of those two. And uh, and use something, uh, wood mulch is fine, but I think uh, with asparagus you want something a little lighter. I, I like to use leaf mulch in my gardens, uh, kind of take the leaves that have fallen and then put those on my garden. But you could also, like I, I mentioned earlier, clean straw is really nice around vegetables. Um, we, we talked about a great time of year to work on turf because it's cool at night, right. uh, in, in the fall, etc. But uh, one thing we haven't brought up, is this a good time of year to, to maybe put a new tree in the ground? This is a good time to plant trees and shrubs. You just want to be sure that you're watering them well. And again, I'll refer back to our trees and shrubs webpage on extension.umn.edu. And we have a good, uh, we have two publications, one on uh, watering established trees and shrubs, but also one for watering newly planted trees and shrubs. And it gives you kind of a chart for, depending on the size of the plant that you've planted, how much water that plant is going to need going into the winter. We want to be sure that we allow for a lot of water to be in those plants through the winter so that they are hydrated and are less susceptible to damage from the cold. So this is a good time, though, to, to plant trees and shrubs as well. Yeah, here, here's one related to turf grass. We have many spots in our yard where grass no longer grows. What could be going on there? It may be too shady. Uh, you may be trying to grow also a sun type of uh, species of grass in a shade area. It may be that the soil has become very compacted. And if you think of that plant germinating and trying to put roots down into a really compacted soil, it can be very challenging for those plants, and they kind of, you know, may not be able to do that. So look at that. Uh, look at the amount of light you have. If you have a shadier area, you can look at some of the fine fescues. They are uh, drought tolerant. They grow in sun through shade. 
Uh, they are uh, less nutrient dependent, so they're a really good option for Minnesota lawns. And, and then also look around and see if you're trying to grow lawns under trees, it may be better to just plant shade tolerant or shade loving perennial plants there, like uh, hosta we mentioned earlier, or some of the other shade plants, ferns, and instead of trying to grow grass there. That also reduces the amount of uh, mowing that you have to do as well. Um, here, here's one. We, we've got about a minute left I- in the program today. Uh, pruning flowering crab, is, is that something that can be done now or should you wait? That should wait also until late winter. And that's when the plant is completely dormant and it will then have, it'll start to heal faster and do a better job with that. So any kinds of fruit trees, whether they're ornamental or also edible, like you know, like a production type apple, you mentioned you have a honey crisp, Steve, yep. is that you want to prune those in late winter. So that would be March, maybe early April, depending on how late it is, but March and February and March are, are good times to do that kind of work. All right. Wait until then. Well, Julie, it's right. great. Uh, once again, the website? Extension.umn.edu. And be sure to subscribe to Yard and Garden News and get uh, up-to-date information Things right now that we have there are garden checklists for late summer and also lawn care as well. Well, outstanding. Julie, the hour goes quickly. I'm a big fan (laughs) of the show, and it's a thrill uh, to uh, be a part of it on this Saturday with Denny Longaway. Julie Weisenhorn. Nice to see you, air quotes. Yeah. Well, (laughs) thanks, Julie. Julie Weisenhorn from the U. That's Smart Gardens. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law we really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 